If you have a Bible with you, turn to the letter to the Philippians. We're going to look at something together, just for a moment or two. So it's Philippians chapter 4. So I'm going to look at this just for a moment. Philippians chapter 4. And uh, I'm reading from the NIV, and it's verses 6 to 9. For some of us, this may be uh, some verses that you've read and you know them very well. For some of us tonight, it might be some verses that we're about to read and you don't know them quite so well or they might be new to you. So we come from mixed backgrounds. So let's read this together, shall we? And then I want to just share a few things regarding it. And then we're going to maybe spend some time to pray as well and pray for people. So uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 reads like this. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true... Good that we've got the sisters in as well, isn't it? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is really important. We're going to look at that. Whatever you have learned and received or heard from me, that's from Paul, or seen in me, put into practice. And if you do this, the God of peace will be with you, with you. The God of peace will be with you. So we're going to look at those verses together just for a moment or two. And as I said, some of those will be quite well known and you, you maybe read these before. So we're going to look at a theme tonight, how to win over worry. And uh, what I'm about to say is not a definitive answer. I don't think that I would be a, an expert and uh, what we're about to share, although I'm an expert on worry, because I would be like the best of us, probably worry from time to time. But what we're going to look at is um, using the Word of God and the person of Jesus Christ in our lives and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can, we can experience, as we all do, worry and anxiety from time to time. But we can also experience a sense of peace and freedom in God that is quite miraculous, quite outstanding, quite spectacular. So what I'm about to say is not a quick fix, but it is uh, open and attainable for everybody here tonight, how we may know the peace of God in our lives. That's for us all. That's for everyone. And so I want to just look at that for a moment or two. This could prove to be really helpful to you. It might really save you from something. And uh, if you are someone that's particularly anxious, maybe you've been diagnosed um, with oppression or depression, then you need to follow through with your GP. I, 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 that's, you must do that. But I also want to say to you, but along with that, if you're receiving on medication or you're going to see a counsellor or you need to, something like that, I would say read these words as well and look at what we're going to look at tonight. So we're going to look at three simple things that we can do from what Paul has to say um, in this text in a moment or two. Now, I'm going to say this. When, this. when Paul, the man who wrote this letter at the time that he wrote it, several thousand years ago, to a group of Christians in a place called Philippi, he was chained to a Roman soldier. He was under house arrest. So if anybody could be worried, 
So you know at the moment we hear of uh, people around the world being captured by a group called ISIS and, uh, you know, there's death over them. Well, this is exactly what happened to Paul. Paul was captured and he had death. His death warrant was written, really. And so Paul, this is amazing. I don't know how he found time to write this. Well, he had lots of time. But how he did write it when he's chained to another soldier, I don't know. But he dictated this letter. And in this letter to the Philippians, it's all about rejoicing, joy, and knowing peace. So if anybody was, could be worried or anxious, I think it could be someone like Paul at the time. So he really has something amazing, amazing, absolutely dynamically amazing to say about finding peace with God and how we can beat and win over this thing called worry or anxiety. So that's what we're going to look at. And that's the background to what we're about to uh, look at together. I read somewhere, it said, uh, don't miss the sun today worrying about the rain coming tomorrow. And uh, I I looked at that and thought about that for a minute. And I thought also, you could put where it's got S-U-N, sun, you could put in S-O-N, the son of God. You know, you don't miss the sun as in the son of Jesus today worrying about the rain coming tomorrow. Worry, uh, anxiety that grips us. I'm not talking about everyone has a worry from time to time. That's normal. But being gripped day after day or week after week and being pulled again and again, um, it steals, it robs us from seeing the good and experiencing the great and the good of God from time to time. So it's important for us to know how we can deal with it. And um, I, I tell you a little story about myself. I mean, I, I'm a bit of a, a, mixed, uh, a mixed bag, uh, really, my own life, probably. I mean, my... Um, my mum would tend to be quite a laid-back type of person. And if you talk to Helen, I'm the sort of person... She's hidden. She's behind that screen at the moment with the children. So she can't poke her head out and say anything. But uh, if you were to talk to Helen about me, she, I'm the sort of person that's pretty laid-back about things. And, oh, we'll do it tomorrow or next week or another day. I, my mum's a bit like that. But then I'm also a bit like my dad. And my dad... I hope he's not listening. Well, he's not listening right now, but he might listen another time. But my dad, my dad t- would tend to worry a little bit. I'm not blaming him, but he ran his own business, self-employed. He was a tailor. He had a tailoring business for many years. And it was a challenge from time to time to just keep things running. And so maybe you pick up a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of angst or angst. And so I've got a little bit in me that's sort of, well, I'll be all right tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow sort of thing. And then, and, but there's also, yeah, I know, Annie. I, and there's also a little bit in me that can fret a little. So I know something about worry. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm about, we're about to look at, I'm seeking to make this practice in my own life. And so what I'm about to share isn't just something for you guys because I'm okay. In actual fact, what I'm about to share is a bit of my own medicine, okay? And I'm, I'm making it work for me. That's what I'm about to say. So what we're going about to look at together is something that I'm making work for me. It can and does work because God works and God is good. So let's have a look at this together then. So, um, yeah, I'm To be anxious, Um, the word anxious literally means, it says, do not be anxious about anything in in Paul writes the Philippians. To be anxious or to have anxiety literally means to be pulled apart. So I'm pulled apart, I I want to do this, but I can't do that. Someone says I should do this, or I ought to, or I could. And so what you find is your emotions being pulled this way and that. 
And so to be literally full of anxiety, to be anxious, it's not wrong, it's normal, because human beings, sometimes you don't know what decision to make. I, I should make a decision, I shouldn't make a decision. If I do that, it'll work out. If I do that, it won't work out. What if they don't like me if you go for an interview? Or what if they do like me? What if they give me the job and I can't do it? Anxiety, it pulls you in many directions. And if you stay in anxiety for any length of time, because it's normal to feel that from time to time, it's a human emotion. But if you find yourself locked in that, you find that your emotions get pulled all over the place. And that's what makes you feel exhausted, zonked, zoned out. So you find that people that go to their doctor with anxiety are shattered. We're not sleeping emotionally. Should I make that decision? Shouldn't I? So that's what it literally means. There's another word for it. It says there in Philippians, do not be anxious. Another word is worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Everything's going to work out fine type of thing. But to worry, the word worry... Oh, that's, come up. that's good. There's a bit of a delay. The, the word worry is a, an old English word. It goes back about a thousand years. It literally means to strangle. How about that? To be strangled. To life. To be um, suffocated. You, you know when you feel you're all welling up with worry and anxiety? It's like... <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> I'm worried now. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Don't worry. Good to be reminded, isn't it? Don't worry. Um, uh, when we are worried, like that, and our, our emotions are such that it's stifled. So, I won't, I, I'm no good. I'll never make it. Should I make that decision? And before you know it, it's as if you've got no breath. You can't breathe. You can't move. You can't maneuver. You can't even think straight. You can tell I worry, don't you? Because I know what I'm on about. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you feel, and the word, it's an amazing, you can look it up. This word, it comes from an old, is it Norse or Saxon word? I don't know, something like that, which literally means to be strangled. So you get a bit of a picture, being pulled apart emotionally, you know, stifled. And, and what it does, so, so tennis players and sports men and women learn how to control their anxiety. Because if they get stifled or pulled apart, they can't be a winner. And they've learned techniques and psychological techniques to calm themselves and stay in the zone to be a winner. Okay, so there's a little bit of background uh, to that. So let's look at something together and move on. So there's three things that I want to look at. So first of all, the first thing is prayer. There's three steps to peace, or there's three areas for peace. And um, the first one is what Paul says. He says this, um, don't be anxious about anything, but through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God will guard your heart in Christ Jesus. You know, the idea there is um, let our worries be replaced with prayers. Now, you might think it's a bit trite, but no, listen. You know when you, as soon as you start to feel worried and you start to think about being worried, it gets worse, doesn't it? Because you then become more worried. Pray. It's, try it. Try it. And then when you go on a trip and be more worried, pray again. And keep doing it and keep doing it. And you find that something will begin to happen to the way you even think. I'll talk about this in a moment. Um, I have a bit of a saying that, that Shirley and Maureen laugh at. I talk about the way we're wired up. 
You know what I mean, don't you? We always talk, I talk about this a lot. And I'm going to just talk about that in a moment or two because there's something interesting. But Paul says this, he says, pray. Pray and the peace of God will guard your heart. So when you find yourself worrying, going on an anxiety trip, stop yourself for a second and then stand aside. I, I, I almost like, because I know what it's like, you start feeling. And I said, God help me. Lord Jesus, you know my heart. You know I only want to please you and follow you and, and honor you. And you, you know this is my desire. And as soon as you start to do that, it starts to drag you away from this trip of anxiety. Now, when you stop praying, you find that yourself is... <gasps> you're back again. So try and pray again. So I heard someone say, replace our worries with prayers. It's a simple thing. But Paul says this. Paul says this. Now, prayer is important because prayer is speaking to God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Prayer is a conversation. And so he says, your requests, your thanksgivings. And uh, what Paul says there is, look, have a conversation with Father God. We've been worshipping, singing about experiencing how great and how deep and and, and how marvellous is the love and the friendship. And then we just discover more and more and more of God. And God can do anything more than I can ask or imagine. So when I pray, I'm speaking to this God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father, who can do more than I could ask or imagine. It's amazing. He knows everything. He can see the outcome. He knows where you're going. He's never taken by surprise. He doesn't react. He's always one step ahead, many steps ahead. And this God who has everything in the palm of his hand, who the creator of the universe only has to speak and it shall be or it won't be, he is the one that we talk to, we open our hearts to. And this is what Paul says. Don't worry, pray. So he says there, and the peace of God will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. The word peace there... um, in the Old Testament, there was a word, it's called shalom, which literally means the whole of God. It's not just you'll have a bit of quiet, you'll be picked up as you're dangling in doom, and then taken, and you're dangling in heaven. It doesn't literally mean that, oh, I'll have a bit of peace, please, and it's all gone quiet. It might happen like that. But even in the midst of a storm, you know that you know, hey, I'm going to get through this. There comes a certainty It's the certainty based on love. It's a certainty based on my heart being in the hands of God. And you notice there, it says, and the peace of God will guard your heart. So as we pray, as we converse, as we talk to God, as we begin, so if you go on a worry trip and you begin to say, God, help me. God, I love you. God, I thank you. God, you can do this. I only want to honor you. An amazing thing begins to happen. The whole totality of who God is, his presence, who he is, guards and comes and presences himself within our hearts. Now it says there, and the peace of God will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Interesting word, in Christ Jesus. In the New Testament, it's not written out there on stone. It's now written in here on our hearts. We're living in the New Testament era, the era of grace. Everything now has come within. It's amazing. Kingdom of God, heaven is in my heart. We used to sing those songs from Mission Praise years ago. Oh, heaven is in my heart. All that business. And we don't believe it anymore. We're always waiting for heaven, but it's amazing. It's absolutely spectacular. So the word shalom means peace, but peace is the totality of God. It's being right with God. It's the presence of God. And now in the New Testament, we have Jesus, the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So when we pray, when you pray and we begin to counteract worry as asking, calling upon God, thanking God, loving God, 
He abides and rests with us, amongst us, Emmanuel, and in our hearts. Your heart is in the hands of a loving God. Now, this is quite amazing because as we pray, an understanding begins to rise that, hey, the circumstance at school or college or with my exam results or with the doctor's results or the test I have to go to or the life of our church, I pray about, or the building or the job that you're going for or the finances or the sickness that there's now in my body, we begin to see the whole totality. God comes. Jesus is in us, with us and amongst us and he carries us and he carries our hearts. Our hearts are in his hands. In the hands of Jesus. This isn't just some fairy that you might feel fuzzy and you'll be all right. Our hearts are in the hands of Jesus. And this is what this is what it's saying, the peace of God. So when it says the peace of God there, it means the totality of God. Shalom was everything. The peace, the presence, the power, the purity of God. Everything. And so we have Jesus. God, Jesus himself comes and holds us in his hands. That's what brings peace. To be held in God's hands. To be in the arms of love. We sing, we used to sing a, that song, we sing that song a lot. In the arms of God's love. And so this is why Paul says, don't worry. Not Bob Marley, don't go on that trip. Don't, 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 don't think of that song. Every little thing will be all right. But don't worry, pray. When you find yourself going on a worry trip, pray. Call God, speak to God, love God. The totality of who he is presences himself by the power of the Holy Spirit with us, amongst us, around us, in circumstance, and in our hearts and lives. No wonder we can say, eventually, as you begin to pray, I don't know why, but I'm going to get through this, because I'm in the hands of God. I do that all the time. I have to. And it's what begins to steer me away from toxic, being pulled apart, suffocated, and, and taken to be in the hands of of a loving God. That's where the peace of God is found. Now pray. Do it. Try it. Have a go. So as soon as you find yourself worrying, I'm not, I have to do this. I do this and I'm doing this all the time. Second thing that he says there is ponder. Think on things. Do you notice this? Uh, there'll be one more after this. But the second thing, so we pray and it's in conjunction with this prayer and knowing Jesus by the Holy Spirit, he comes His presence is in me, with me, around me, amongst me. I'm in his hands by the power of the Holy Spirit as we pray. And it's wonderful. Second thing is we're to ponder. And so he says that whatever's good, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's praiseworthy, whatever's wonderful, think on such things. Isn't that interesting? I find that really interesting. To ponder is to think, mull over, think with your heart and your mind. Over the years, you'll constantly hear me talk about attitude and altitude, attitude, attitude. And uh, our thinking, we had to have the mind of Christ to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Very biblical, it's in Romans. And uh, it's interesting that Paul, who wrote Romans and said those very words about being transformed by the renewing of our minds, now says this to the Philippians, whatever's noble, whatever's high, whatever's good, Whatever's wonderful, whatever's beautiful, whatever is God, whatever is anything of God, think about such things. A small trail, you know, um, if, you, if you walk across a small trail, and you, you'll see them over fields, don't you? When you go on these public footpaths, I mean, Joyce does walking, and, and others of you do hill walking. 
in whatever walking you do. But if you go across fields, you'll see a trail. And if that trail is walked across enough, it becomes a bit of a furrow. It it, it doesn't become just a little bit of... And if you you walk along it enough, and it can become a bit of a ditch or a trench. And um, it's a bit like that with thoughts. Repetitive thoughts can become a little trail in your life and mind. Think about this for a minute. I'm going to share this with you. I thought, little thoughts can become a little trail. And if you repeat them and repetitive enough, they become a bit of a furrow. And if you stick with them, they can become a trench and you can't seem to dig yourself out. You find yourself thinking that again and again and again and again and again and again. And it's because um, so, uh, uh, neuro... Scientists, that is people that study the brain, talk about how in the brain, our brains are made up of transmitting transmitters and receptors. I don't pretend I know too much about this, but the little bit that I've read is enough to give us an idea. Is the way that we think is chemically, uh, chemicals are released, and also um, electrically, our brains, there's a transmitter that sends out a signal... Panic, 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 panic. And there's a receiver neuron that that says, yeah, 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 I'm going to panic, I'm going to panic. And Mr. Mannerin, we start panicking. And um, what happens is uh, transmitters and receptors. And so these are connecting. There's millions, billions of them in our brains firing and receiving all at the same time. Now, it's interesting because... If you've watched these programs where they light up, the, I don't know how they do it, but they do a scan of the brain and you see different parts lit up for different parts of the brain that's been in action. They're now finding with neuroscience and psychology that certain ways of thinking seem to fire up certain transmitters and certain receptors at the same time. So if you find yourself on a negative thought, a negative, negative starts firing and you start thinking about that same thing, what can happen is what you fire up and what's received becomes like a, a little an electrical pathway and the more that that's followed is the way you're wired up I talk about this quite a lot now it's repetitive thinking and you can change that that's why there's something called cognitive behavioral therapy there's cognitive there's a way of thinking that you can just begin to change your thinking if you can change your thinking you can change your feeling now forget all that psychological stuff and neurosciencey stuff for a minute, let's put it aside. Let's come back. But there's a reason. You see, repetitive negative thinking, you find yourself on a trail. And you find yourself with worry on a trail. That's why we go back to it again and again and again and again. It's not because you're no good. It's not because you're weak. It's because it's the way we've been designed. But if we can change. So this is why it says, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Have the mind of Christ. It's amazing. Now, so this is, this is absolutely wonderful. This is why Paul then says, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is beautiful, all of God's forgiveness, all of God's love, his peace, his hope, think on such things. In other words, begin to take yourself off of the trip of whatever is worrying you and begin to Now, it's easier said than done, isn't it? Because if you are anxious and if you're upset, you find yourself thinking about that and it's really hard. That's why we all get worried. That's why anxiety and worry is one of the biggest things in the world, the Western world today. Now, but Paul says, pray. The whole totality of God by his spirit, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is here and you're in his hands. That's a great 
great anointing. That's to be saturated in the presence of the Spirit of God and God. That's beautiful. And to be freed in that way. Then secondly, he says, to add to that now, think on the things of God. Now, how do you do that? Well, look, simple. Simple way you could do that. If by regular, you know, the the way the brain fires up, the way the brain receives negativity and worry trip, replace it with the word of God. And so I would say regular reading of the word of God, in other words, the Bible, will begin to change the way you think. You do not have to spend hours every day. This is why I, I would, we would talk about, um, get a reading plan. If you can get the U version, I talk about it all the time, I know, so forgive me. Well, no, don't forgive me. I'm going to just talk about it all the time because I think this works. It's the word of God. It does work. That's why Paul says this. If you can get a reading plan and have a little every day, little and often. So get the U version. Most people today have a tablet or a smartphone or a computer, and you can get it on uh, iTunes or Android. Get the U version or whatever version you've got. Oh, actually, I have the Bible in your hand as Jordan's got right now. And get a reading plan, and you can do reading plans where you can even do five minutes a day. There's one I'm doing at the moment, which is the New Testament in a year. And I really like this one because it's just one chapter a day or half a chapter a day. So you can really read it and let it sink in rather than read the Bible in a whole year where you've got about three or four or four chapters a day. So everyone can do this. And so what you can then begin to do is whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, think on such things. As you read the Bible, the Word of God, I think reading something like Word for Today by UCB is really good. I'm not going to knock that, but I would say that's good. Have that as well. But the main thing to be really do is get hold of the New Testament, work your way, first of all, through the New Testament, and begin to read a little and often. Why? Because you will begin to wire your brain up differently. We were made in the image of God. God knows how we tick. He's put us together. In actual fact, he wired me up and you because he designed us. He created us. So he knows how we work and how we tick. And so by pondering, by reading and beginning to ponder, and you can do that about five to ten minutes a day. Less time on Facebook and whatever is the, 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 it's not Farmville anymore now, I don't know what it is now, but whatever it is now that's the, the, the game of the day, and an extra ten minutes on something else. And what it begins to do to your mind, it gives us something to ponder. I would just say to you, what have you got to ponder? What have you got to think about? If it's problems, then it's exactly where our worries go. Now, look, you will be pulled back to your worries. I am, all the time because they're still there sometimes. But it's amazing. I begin to pull myself out of worry into God. Out of worry into the hands, my heart in his hands. Out of worry onto his word. And so as we begin to read, just that little and often, and I say this to myself all the time, little and often, Adrian, little and often. And you know what? Because you have a, a reading plan, you can keep up with it, keep up with it every day. You'll find that your mind begins to change. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I was speaking to one uh, Christian leader, and we were talking about being renewed, revived. I said, you know, I've had a a personal 
I suppose you could call it a bit of a revival, I suppose. Yeah, it is. I said, yeah, it was. And it is. And it is. It's continuing. He said, well, where have you been? What, what have you done? I said, well, you know, I, I, I do believe we should go. I go to the retreats. I, I go to uh, churches and other centers. I go wherever God is moving. I, I go where I... But I said, at this time, what I've been doing is I've been um, little and often reading something every day. And it's transformed. Every, the way I'm looking at things, the way, me, the way I'm wired up, it's changing me. Think on such things. Finally, last one, and um, it says there, if we pray, we ponder. The final one is practice. It says practice. It says, um, if you do these things. Do you notice it says there, um, at the end of um, verse 9, it says there, do not be anxious, and it goes on to say, Think on these things, and whatever you've learned and received and heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Practice it. So pray. Turn worry into prayers. So when as you worry, start to pray. Ponder. Read little and often. Start thinking on the word of God. Prayer. Ponder. Now practice. Together. These three things will go together and change your life. They will change your life. Practice. This is discipleship. Obey it. Put it into practice. Live it. So begin to forgive. Begin to reach out to someone. Begin to believe. Begin to have faith. It's hard to have faith when you're worried. I know what it's like. I'd rather worry, God. I'm feeling bad today. I don't want to worry, but you know what I mean. You go on that trip, don't you? So begin to, as you, as you, read the, as you pray, you're in his hands. As you begin to ponder, your mind is beginning to change. And as your mind and your heart begins to change, an amazing thing begins to happen. You begin to get to a place where you begin to believe. So when you think, oh, I'm not going to make it, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you see what begins to happen? An amazing, I begin to practice it. It's all very well saying, well, we're going to do this, and we're going to do it. But uh, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step out. I'm going to apply for that job. I'm going to reach out to that person. I'm going to love. I'm, I'm going to give. I, I don't know what it might be, but it's called discipleship. Step out. Begin to activate it. Do something about it. Now, the amazing thing is, as we do those three things together, and with this we conclude, how about this? Paul says, and the God of peace will be with you. At the end of those three things, as we pray, ponder and practice the things of God and Jesus in our lives. He says, he makes a, an amazing promise. I think this is incredible. And it's for everyone, not just for me or a new or a special. It's for all of us who pray, ponder and practice. He says, and the God of peace will be with you. God himself, God himself, Jesus himself, Father God, the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. So I can imagine, uh, perhaps if the worship team would just uh, come, uh, that'd be great. We're just going to sing something as we conclude. But um, I I don't doubt that in this room, uh, with some of us that are here tonight, um, there'll be different things that we're worried about. And uh, some of us get maybe more anxious than others. That doesn't mean to say we're better or worse than anyone else. It's just where we are right now. And um, being anxious and worried is not wrong. But being caught and stuck there, it doesn't do us any good. So we need to be in a place where we're in the Father's hands. And we need the Holy Spirit and Jesus himself, presence in our hearts and lives and around us. And we need the word of God in our minds. And we need to step out tonight.
Should we just pray together? Should we just invite you to close your eyes with me just for a moment or two? So, Lord Jesus, we come at this moment right now as we... How good you are. Father God, you knew me in my mother's womb. You know everything about me. My brain, the way I'm wired up. You created me. I'm made in your image. The image of amazing God. Therefore, you've designed me to function in the best way it's possible to have a relationship with you. And so tonight, we open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits to love God and be loved by him. To love you, Jesus. To love you, person, Holy Spirit. So you see our hearts tonight, wherever we're worried. I, I pray for people tonight who are worried or anxious. Uh, not a little bit, but are very worried right now. Maybe this has been over a number of months who begin to feel sick. Either they've got headaches or stomach aches or back pains, feeling sick of it. Maybe feeling oppressed, depressed. Maybe some of us have been even diagnosed with depression. That's not wrong, that just happens. But how good you are that you love us so much. You said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How good is that? Jesus, we love you. We love being loved by you. How good it is to have a relationship with God where I know that my life is in your hands. Father God, I speak to my issues. I speak to the problems that I face. I speak to those worries or anxieties. And I say, worry, anxiety, my heart is in God's hands. My finances, as I put my life, is in God's hands. My body, my life, my family, I'm putting them in God's hands. Our church, my church, is in God's hands. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We say, Father, we love you. Jesus, we need you. So tonight, all around this place, I pray for anyone here right now who is worried or anxious, as they begin to say, and they put their heart, their life, their worry into your hands, they put themselves into your hands, would you touch their heart? Would you come, Lord Jesus, and present yourself in them, through them, amongst them, in their circumstance, where things are happening at home, or in relationship, or at work, things are going on in my own head, would you present yourself, Jesus, in my life? Would you show yourself as God? Would you take my heart and life and place it in your hands? If I find myself thinking the same thing again and again and again, I fill my mind with your word. I fill my heart with your word. I thank you for the word of God that comes from your own mouth. It brings life. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It never returns to you void. It transforms and changes my mind. Come fill me afresh, I pray. Let's stand together, shall we, folks? Let's welcome him in our hearts. If you're worried about anything tonight, if you're concerned about anything, place your worry, place your life in his hands. Right now, do it now, right this moment. Visualize your thought. Whatever it is that concerns you, place it in Jesus' hands right now. Any 
nagging doubt. Place it in his hands. Place your life in his hands right now. Make her own.